Welcome to the Lioness Queen Podcast Season 3, where our motto is all about being residue-free, not allowing the residue from a negative event in your life hinder you from moving forward where God is leading and directing you. Your host, Reverend Dr. Marisha, founder, speaker, author, divorce coach, and licensed minister, provides motivating messages that will help encourage and empower women to live their best life beyond their past and recognize the worth of their crown. Now, let's jump into our weekly dose of letting go of the past and living totally residue-free. Here's your host, Reverend Dr. Marisha. Welcome back. Welcome back, my Lioness Queens. I am so excited to have another Lioness Queen embrace us with their presence today. Her name is Miss Veronica Maxwell-Williams, and she is a mother of five, a grandmother of 13 beautiful grandchildren, uh, and she is a woman who did not let her trauma define her, but the trauma pushed her through pain to have hope. And most of all, she loves Jesus. Welcome, Miss Veronica. Welcome. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for the intro. Yes, I love Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to the Linus, Linus Queen podcast, where our motto is all about being residue free. Yeah. Allowing, mm-hmm, not allowing the residue from a negative event in our lives to hinder us from moving forward where God is leading and directing you. And so our mission is all about encouraging and empowering women to live their best life beyond their past, walk in their purpose, and recognize the worth of their crown. And so every episode, I always love to start out with a quote or a poem to kind of get our episodes started. And I found this really short quote by Charles Darwin. Okay. And I'm going to have you, I'm going to have you, Miss Veronica, reflect on it. And when you hear it, definitely it will resonate with you. So the quote says, it is not the strongest of the species that survive, nor the most intelligent, but the one most responsive to change. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wow. So I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. It's not the strongest of the species that survive, nor the most intelligent, but the one most responsive to change. How does that resonate with you, Miss Veronica? Well, that just grabbed my heart just now because I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was always the strongest. I didn't feel like I was always the intelligent one, but... I knew I was always obedient to change. I was always willing to learn something new. So I was teachable. So that definitely did resonate with me. I think it's interesting when you think about someone who is a survivor of something. I think it's easy for it's easy for other people to think that there's a strength that they just knew they had and they were able to overcome it. But typically, it is when you feel you don't have that within you, that really you do, but you don't feel like you do. Right. You know, and um, being being adaptable to change is all about a mindset. And so um, 
you know, we were talking earlier and you had shared that you have been through something very traumatic. And, and, and what I want you to do is share, share about that trauma, um, that you went through that, that had you in a space where you felt you didn't feel like you were strong in the moment. Yeah, oh my goodness. You can really start something up in here tonight. Um, <laughs> well, my story starts out as a child. I was um, molested. No, let me change that. I was raped um, three times before the age of 10 years old. The first offense was by my childhood pastor that I grew up in his church all my life. The second was my mother's best friend's son. She used to babysit us when my mother would work at night. So we would spend the night at her home. And my uncle. And all of this took place before the age of 10 years old because I remember when we moved from this community, I was 10. So all of this took place before I was 10. However, what was interesting is that I didn't remember any of this. Hmm. I, I didn't remember any of the abuse. I kind of like, hmm. yeah, it was so traumatic for me that I didn't remember. And how I started to remember was when I was in my 20s, I went to my aunt's funeral. And while I was waiting for my parents in the back of the vehicle, the pastor came out to church and I looked at him and all of a sudden I started crying. I became very fearful because that memory came back. I didn't know what to do with that. So I shared it with my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, and he supported me in that, but that's where it stayed. I never talked about it. That was it. Moving forward, um, when we relocated here from New York City back in 91, I was on my first women's retreat. Um, I was at Cornerstone Peaceful Bible Baptist Church. This ministry changed my life. And I was on my first women's retreat, pregnant with my youngest son, who's now 27. And during those retreats, you have the opportunity to share what God did for you, to share your testimony. So while I was sitting there, the woman came up one after another, sharing how they were molested, how they was, you know, um, raped, um, date rape, you know, different things. And it was by their fathers and their uncles and their neighbors and so many people. And I sat there, Dr. Marisha, and all of a sudden, I just started weeping because God showed me that I was them, that they look like me, they sound like me. And it was very traumatic for me that particular day. I remember falling to the ground, falling out the chair on the ground and just weeping that this revelation was that Pandora's box was open. And I had to deal with that. It's like, oh my God, I have been raped <laughs> at five years old. All the memories started coming back. 
So it took me to the day in that office. It took me to the that bedroom. So two bedrooms that I was violated. And at a very young age, I did not have a voice. I did not have an identity. And my pastor, after he did what he had to do, he um, put me on a path that led up to many years of suffering and pain and disappointment. Wow. Wow, Miss Veronica. Yeah. Woo, you are a survivor. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I am... I'm in awe of just um, hearing what you went through. Um, You know, you just, you never think that one person could go through so much sometimes. And then when you hear people's story, it's like, man, you know. um, Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, look, I'm a little lost for words. You said all before the age of 10 and that, and that right there is, there are a lot of women who've experienced that. And I do know trauma has the ability to, um, um, to press down all of those emotions and thoughts in a way to almost give you a form of amnesia. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is almost a way that, that it helps you, you know, it's that fight or flight response. It, it's a way that helps protect you in a way. You know exactly. what I mean? Your, that's your mind. That's what your mind did until you had triggers. Yes. And they were major, yeah. major triggers because when I go back to that day of the first violation, when um, he, you know, finished doing what he, his business, he put money, money in my hand and said, you better not tell anybody. So from that office, I couldn't tell you what I did next. I don't remember. I don't remember what happened after that that particular moment. And so he taught me how to take my pain, my fear, and to deal with it. You know, you don't tell anybody. So at a very young age, I knew how to fake it. You know, I knew how to act like nothing happened. I knew how to continue with life. And I took that into my adulthood, took that into my adulthood. And um, I faked it for so long, Dr. Marisha, because I just needed to look like I was okay. But I had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And when I had that encounter, let me tell you something. Those layers started to come up, you know, come off. And I recognized that my normal was abnormal. So I lived a normal life thinking this is who I am. This is what life is. However, that wasn't my norm. That was abnormal. So when the healing started to take place and it took many years, it did not happen overnight. It did not. But when I had that encounter with God and I recognized that he's the only one outside, you know, people that do love me, but he's the only one that I can honestly say he genuinely loves me and when I got that revelation and started getting in the world and learning about relationship or learning about worship my life excuse me my life changed and like I said it didn't happen overnight it's been a long journey my son is 27 so the revelation came when 27 years ago and I'm still on that journey I dealt with failure I dealt with 
low self-worth. I dealt with um, um, attempted suicide. I tried to, you know, kill myself. You know, I had a child when I was 15. I got pregnant when I was 14. It was, it's just so much. So every day I, I live this life because I, I believe that everyone has a purpose and a plan for their life. God has a purpose and a plan. So if I can help anyone on their journey, regardless of what it is, then uh, <clears throat> I'm willing to do that. Mm-hmm. I did not want to share my story, mm-hmm. but what gave me the courage to share my story, I took a lay counseling um, course because I want to be a counselor in the church. I love helping people. And so I'm thinking I'm going to this course every Monday for two and a half years, every Monday from seven to nine. And I'm thinking I'm going to learn how to help people move forward. God met me every Monday. So the class was not for me to learn how to be a lay counselor. It was to to, um, start those layers to come off. And that was the first time as my graduation as I had to prepare for my graduation, I had to share my story publicly. And that was the first time I shared my story and the people that came up to me afterwards to talk about what I went through. They said, we would never know. We never know you went through that. And it was like a light bulb that went off, you know, that there are people out here that that's hurting, that living with this secret, that has lost their identity, that has lost their innocence. Because trust me, I know. I walked that for so many years and I'm still coming out of it. Every day I learned something new about Veronica. I finally met her, Dr. Marisha. And you know what? I like her. She's a cool young lady. She's smart. She's intelligent. Um, She does great things. She loves people. And I like hanging out with her. So you said a lot that could be unpackaged right there. You said a lot, Miss Veronica, but I have to say the the one piece that I I do believe, especially in the African-American community, I mean, in other cultures as well, you know, what happens is in this house stays in this house. Yes. You you talked about secrets and unfortunately in families, there are so many family secrets. And because of that, you don't tell anybody right and 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 not telling anybody unfortunately prolongs Mm. the healing it prolongs the help it prolongs working through the pain unfortunately and and there's so many there's so many people out there who were told and definitely you know you think about it because you were young and oftentimes it you know it happens two vulnerable populations anyway but yes. in the same, yeah in the same regard though as children we are taught to obey we are taught to respect our elders and so if there's someone else an authority figure or older an older person you, you are you typically do what they say do yes and you don't and you don't feel you know what i mean and you don't feel like you can say no yes yes <laughs> you cannot yeah. say yeah because yeah. <laughs> i was always an um obedient child mm-hmm. i was all the mother my mother said i was always obedient and um so that came easy for me 
You know, if somebody told me to do something and I didn't want to do it because of my obedience, I did it. Mm -hmm. Even because I was always a people pleaser. I always wanted people to like me. So that means you do what you need to do so people don't get mad at you and they don't say bad things about you. Mm -hmm. That's a whole nother layer God is dealing with me, being a people pleaser, you know. Um, So as I've gotten older and I've grown in the Lord, I know how to say no. Like I have no bound, I have no problems with boundaries. <laughs> I have no problems with saying no. You know, and so, you, and so you you hit on another piece that I I I think is beautiful. I think, and I have to say, um, going through my divorce process, our identity is real. We don't realize how trauma impacts our identity and who we are. Exactly, and. and you talked about like figuring out I, now I know who Veronica is. And so what was that? What was that like? Like, what was that process like of learning who Veronica was? The process was uh, one day um, I was like, um, I had a bad experience in high school. Right. So, you know, raising my hand in class and asking the teacher he wanted me to read, so I raised my hand and to read, and I mispronounced the word. And that man reprimanded me in front of the entire class. You know, he didn't call me out my names, but he made me felt like two cents. Hmm. And you know, the, you know how kids could be—they laughing, pointing fingers—and I never thought I could do anything. I hmm. never thought I was smart enough. I would self-sabotage things because I would get close to finishing stuff. So once people knew what I was doing, I would shrink back and quit because I never thought I was intelligent enough. So now I do it afraid um, because I know that I have the mind of Jesus Christ. I know that I can do anything that I put my hands on because of God's strength, his power. So it was a, it definitely was a challenge initially, but I stand my ground in who I am in Christ. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So definitely it was your faith that gave you that revelation of, it's more about who I am in him. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I can share this, you know, I'm being vulnerable. Um, when I was a stay-at-home mom for about 12 to 15 years. So when my youngest son um, went to kindergarten, I wanted, I always wanted my own business, but I didn't know what it would be, right? Always been an entrepreneur. Um, I always had that heart. So I took, I, I said, you know what? I'm going to do real estate. Always like real estate. So <laughs> I took this course and I was ready to take, you know, pass all the um, prereqs in class before I can take the state. I had to take that test six times before I passed that test mm-hmm. because I, I didn't think it was in me, but I was determined mm-hmm. that I was going to pass this test. So when I took that test the last time, that sixth time, and that congratulation came across that screen, huh? talking about a woman weeping <laughs> it was just oh my god i i could do this mm-hmm. i could do this and you know and many other um challenges but i still stand on christ that gives mm-hmm. me the courage to do um things so what um i know you have five children and yeah. i do know that you know having yeah. children 
um, when you have been traumatized in a certain way can influence how you raise your children. Yes. And so do you remember um, any moments where you felt overprotective of your children because of what you went through? I'm still that way to this day, even with my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, I didn't trust anybody um, with my children. I They did not go out to spend a night at people's house. They did not go to the mall like normal kids. I just I just had that fear. And but but I had to trust God enough to kind of to let up because I didn't want to be so overbearing mm-hmm. that they would rebel, you know? So yes, it was a trust issue. One thing I do know when my children were younger. My, you know, I'm very affectionate. I'm always kissing and, you know, doing all that stuff. And my children would, you know, do the same thing. But one day I was like, God, I don't feel anything in my heart towards my kids. I don't feel that. I just felt that there was a, um, a void. And again, faking it, you know, like giving this facade on, I really love my kids. And I did. But internally... I couldn't feel anything, Dr. Marisha. I couldn't feel anything. And I remember crying out to God and said, God, please help me with this because I don't feel anything for my kids. I mean, that authentic love. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I didn't, I, it, was, it was something that was missing. And it's because that I put a guard around my heart because I was so broken. And I didn't know I was broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because yeah, and, and and I think that a lot had to do with because the of the amnesia that you developed. Yes. You just went in protective mode. Yeah, that's what your body did. Your body, your mindset went in a protective mode. Um, you know, but there are always triggers that, you know, will bring about something that's been suppressed. And you you just and sometimes you just don't know, you know, um, you know, even having children and having that relationship with children. Sometimes you don't don't know until you know. And then when you know, it's like, oh, wow. Exactly. Yeah, it is. Oh, wow. So what did you do? What did you do to help? You know, I know you said you're still on this journey and there are layers like an onion. Um, and that's for any type of trauma. What, what are things that you can say um, that you did to help yourself heal? The most important thing was... Um, I was in the church since I was 21. I always loved the Lord. What that looked like, I didn't know. I just know if you went to church, you get on the usher board, <laughs> you get on the choir, you go to the hospital and put um, pray for this, what's this, sick and shut in. I was doing the actions, right? But I lacked the relationship that I had with God. I didn't have a relationship because I didn't know anything about relationship i just knew you go to job you go to church you be kind you know you do the church activity and you go home so when i started having a relationship so let me let me try this people talking about relationship people talking about worship you know and when i started learning about that that's when my life started um to change and um 
Oh, this, this is just a little sidebar. One day I was reading um, the life of David mm-hmm. and I was in 2 Samuel chapter 13 and it talked about how his son um, raped his daughter, Tamar. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that when she told her brother about what happened, her brother's, you know, shushed like a lot of people, you know, who's been sexually violated, been shushed. Mm-hmm. And the Bible said she remained in her brother's house as a desolate woman. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that word desolate jumped out on that page, like God slapped me himself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, that's me. Mm-hmm. I've been desolate all this time. That's who I am. Unfruitful, mm-hmm. unbearing non-productive I knew how to fake the fake I knew how to do all that other stuff but at the end of the day I couldn't really show anything for it and I cried out to God said God I don't want to be this woman I don't want to die a desolate woman and from that point on I've been intentional about my journey as far as being desolate because I failed at so much I quit at so much. I missed so many great opportunities because I just didn't have it in me. It was in me, I just didn't know it was there. So once that relationship grew with the Lord as his daughter, as an apple of his eye, that he knew my name, he knew the hairs on my head, then I started to, there was something to it. I was like, you know what? Okay, something is happening here. So it's about having that relationship with God, getting in that word about what God say says about you and standing on that, regardless of what you see, regardless of what you feel, but know that you are chosen by God. My favorite scripture is um, Jeremiah, you know, five. It says, before you was in your mother's womb, I knew you, I set you apart. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that's, that was my scripture. It's like, okay, you can do this. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you about to make me shout over here. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. I'm just looking back and forth because you about to make me when because I think, you yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. When I think, Hallelujah, the goodness of Jesus mm-hmm. and all that He's done. And so, if my life got to be transparent for my sister to come off that journey of barrenness, of hiding, or whatever that person is going through, so be it. I didn't want to tell my story, but it's not about me. It's about the promises of God and the plans that he has for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Your story is all for his glory. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes, it is. And I love, I love. So this is, so uh, the last person I interviewed, Mm -hmm. um, was a young lady who uh, she killed someone. Yes, I, I heard that. Oh my God! And we heard the poem that the the quote that I um, used for her episode. It says that you know the trauma is not your fault, but healing is. Yes, yes, it is. So that connects to yes. what you said about. You have to be intentional yes. in the journey. I love that. Yes. You have to be intentional because 
you are the only one who can control mm. you. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like that is, you know, tests and trials in this life we are exempt from. And oftentimes I love to say the things that we go through are our assignments. Yes. You know, uh, it's our cross. The, the, that the, you experienced was your cross. Mm. You know what I mean? Just like Jesus had a cross to bear. That was your cross. But you were intentional in realizing it really wasn't about you. And now you're in a space where you're being transparent and you're sharing with other women. Hey, 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 you don't have to stay in that desolate place. Yes. Mm. You don't. You don't have to stay in that desolate place because guess what? God spoke words. Mm. He spoke purpose over your mother's womb before you were born. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And that is... That is what you had to come in, in, in. You had to come into to realize. Wait, wait. God spoke words into my mother's womb. Mm. He spoke purpose into my mother's womb. Yes, 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 yes. And so I often say that God, if things don't happen to us, they happen through us. <laughs> exactly. And you know, I have been asked a question, Mary, many times, like. How can you love God when he let allow something like that to happen to you? How can you go to church? This had nothing to do with God. This has, mm-hmm. you know, I love God because he's God. You yeah. know, he, you know, he, he's all knowing. He knows every part of our journey. So yeah. if I had to go through this, I don't blame God. I never asked God why, why me? Mm-hmm. I never asked him that. I was just like, okay, as I started growing, okay, Lord. You know, you're in control of this. You knew my plan. I mean, you knew my purpose. You have a plan for me. So I'm just going to continue to move forward. Yeah. Wow. You, it's not easy. It's you not- never, see, this is, what, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. This this, this is what I'm saying. This is, oh, girl, your faith mindset is amazing. You're, you have a crazy faith mindset. Thank That's you. <laughs> You have a crazy faith right there. I'm telling you, but that is connected to your assignment. But guess what? That didn't happen overnight. No, it did not. That is that is that is what we all need to realize. The the yes. place where you are right now, in your mindset, in your faith, in your walk with the Lord, it's been a journey. But you've been intentional. Yes. With removing the layers, you've been intentional about healing so you don't carry that baggage you know into your children into your relationship with your husband into your grandchildren because you want them to be whole you don't want them to carry the burden of what you went through yes yeah and i ask my children my grandchildren i ask my children i ask my grandchildren and they go no nana i said look if that person tell you don't tell nobody they lying to you so I, I, I ask them on a regular basis and to the point, it's like, no, man, nothing happened. So I watch body language. I watch attitudes. I watch for withdrawal. I, you know, I watch for different things that I went through. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, um, and I'm yeah. always questioning my, my grandbaby, um, he's, he's two, he's three. So when I change his, um, pamper, like his pull up, he's almost fully poly trained. Um, 
he, you know, he had touched himself. And I said, no, 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 you don't touch that. You let nobody touch that. So now when we, when he's being changed, he go, don't touch right Nana. I said, don't touch, you know. <laughs> yeah, but that, that is, so you, what you have also learned is the, the, the space that you were in, right? You know what to look for. Yes. It's not something that everyone knows what to look for in their children or their grandchildren yes so being withdrawn you know yes down not being you know not engaging you know there's certain things to look for in young people that is evident it it speaks louder than words but again you gotta you know you gotta be looking for it yes you do you know and that's and that is you're doing so that you're you're one you're protecting them but two you're also instilling things in them so that even when they get older because it all it, it doesn't always happen to children it can happen to adults as well yes you know and so you you are giving them the things and tools that they need even though it it it, it they're like no nana like why are you bringing this up again nana but again they are being um trained to know like this is yes this is no yes this is private you know they're learning things that a lot of parents really don't teach yes. you know i think like like they used to when we were growing up they really don't a lot of them don't teach yeah, different. You know? yeah. yeah. we look we talked about that totally different generation totally <laughs> And I just want to add this before we finish up um, to every woman who looks in the mirror and see ugliness. Um, it's a lie from the pits of hell. It's from the enemy. The reason I said that is because for years, people say, oh, Veronica, you're so pretty. You have a nice smile. You have nice hair, you know. And I couldn't see that. I When I looked in the mirror, I saw a fat woman that was ugly. That's all I saw. So I never saw the beauty that people rave so much about um, until recently. I looked in the mirror and I was like, okay, okay. I kind of see what they're talking about, you know. Um, But I couldn't look in the mirror for a long time. I saw just ugliness when I looked in the mirror. And now when I look in the mirror, like my children, they'll say, hey, mommy, you look nice. I said, I know. I'm glad you recognize because I know. Um, And so my son's like, that's where I got it from. I said, yes, you did get it from. That's why I'm stuck up. I said, I'm not stuck up. I just know who I am. I know that's it right there. I know who I am. <laughs> Knowing who I am in God. That's that's, that's it. That, that's it right there. Well, I, I'm telling you, I can't believe our time is gone. This was this, this has been really this has been really enlightening and I'm so thankful for um for transparency because it is it is the word of our testimony right for having me yes it is it definitely is but before we go i always like to woe my listeners which means words of encouragement so what words of encouragement would you leave for a woman who's right right now they they whether they're in it right now whether they're in that desolate place what mm words of encouragement would you have um the first thing i would say is you have to break your silence because once you break your silence the enemy can't hold that over your head and once you break your silence it you take back your power that is like like a main step Mm. um you have to because i was quiet for so many years and when i started speaking 
things started to happen. And then you have to know that God makes no mistakes. He has never left you. He would never leave you. He always had those ministering angels right there with you during that trauma. Just like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he had those ministering angels there. And the enemy could have killed you, but guess what? He wasn't able to. So God preserved your life. Break your silence. Know who you are. Strengthen your relationship with God. You know, every morning, and this is not bragging, but this is what I do. Every morning, I thank God for waking up before I even go into prayer. And I put in my worship music. And I just bask in that. And that helps me to do what I need to do for the rest of the day. You have to know who you are in Christ. You have to be intentional with your relationship with him and worship the more you worship things will get smaller and smaller so just know who you are in christ Woo, boy that that was that was mm, that was juicy that was <laughs> that was juicy break the silence know who you are yes god doesn't make mistakes and be intentional with with your relationship with the lord exactly and, and you know that being intentional uh, you you <laughs> what i realized and what i learned is the more you focus on your pain you can't focus on god yes and so when you're intentional when you are intentional in that building that relationship which you said you had to learn how to have right mm-hmm. and so, so many women i think struggle in that regard they struggle with relationships yes because of that specific trauma but god is the having the you can have a beautiful relationship with the lord yes and everything you don't else have to do a lot and you don't have to do no. a lot. there's no requirements there's no boxes you have to check you know he loves your flaws mm. yes he does he loves mercy <laughs> He loves your flaws. Yes, he does. I, I appreciate. I'm so thankful, Miss Veronica, for you Thank coming you. on. Um, and at the end, I always do an affirmation that I would love for you to join in with me. Yes, ma'am. So repeat after me. I am a lioness queen. I am a lioness queen. God wants me to rise up. God wants me to rise up. He wants me to take my rightful place. He wants me to take my rightful place. As the queen I am. As the queen that I am. He wants me to be residue free. He wants me to be residue free. Intentional in my fight. Intentional in my fight. Stand on the word of God. Stand on the word of God. Realize I am a masterpiece. Realize I am a masterpiece. I am. I am. I am. I am. I am enough. I am enough. I am a lioness queen with a purpose. I am a lioness queen with a purpose. Amen and amen. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for supporting the Lioness Queen podcast. Please subscribe and share this podcast with your family and friends. You can find the Lioness Queen podcast on any platform, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, and Amazon. Also, please write a review. Reverend Dr. Marisha would love to hear how today's episode inspired and empowered you. Also, you can check out her website, www.iamthelionessqueen.com. 
reverendrmartinlutherkingcoaching.com for mugs, journals, and even if you want to reach out and contact Reverend Dr. Marisha. Don't forget to come back next Tuesday at 3 p.m. for more from the Lioness Queen.